everyone, this is episode 710 of the Pixelated Saucers podcast for the week of Friday, March 6th, 2020. I am your host, Mark Kirchnez, and today it's going to be a shorter show. I don't have that much to talk about. I played a few games and watched a movie, but the majority of my week since the last episode was spent putting together, and I think I started doing this the last episode, but I was still... And I'm still working on my backlog spreadsheet, which has been quite the endeavor and a a rewarding experience for me. But I think most people would look at it and think, you're crazy. And I say that because I've told some people about it and they're like, "You're, you're crazy. This is insane. This makes it seem like work. And I understand that mentality. The thing is, and I'll get to what I've been playing, which includes aviary attorney earth knight a little bit of apex legends uh some farm together and totally accurate battle simulator and then i also watched dr sleep which is the sequel to the shining and i watched that having not read the book and having not seen the shining in quite a while and spoilers i really liked it but i'll get to that a little bit later so the spreadsheet, um, it's it's been a crazy endeavor because I, I didn't know what I was going to do at first. Was I just going to include games I was definitely 100% interested in playing or was I going to put everything in there that I haven't finished minus the perennial sports games like Madden and... FIFA, NHL, etc., but not ignoring racing games that I haven't played. I've played the Forza games, so I don't need to put them on there, but old grid games or dirt games, was I going to not include those? And the answer became, I am, I'm including them. So that's crazy. But the thing is also that I am, like I said before, imploring employing liberal veto power so that I can choose another game if I randomly fall on something I really don't feel like playing but also people have said this seems like work that you're just going to pick what you play based off of a random number generator and if it's something you don't really want to play you're still going to play that just seems like you're taking out the joy of gaming the thing is i am not only going to be picking games to play from my backlog or in general using this system using my spreadsheet and then basing what i play next off a random number generator that's not the intent of this list It's there in case I am stuck in a rut or I don't really know what to play. And I can use this to either find a game and be like, oh, I landed on this. This sounds like a really good idea to play. Or this is something like I haven't thought about, but now seeing it, I'm like, yeah. Or I could look at what's surrounding it. But also, if I really want to play something, I'm not going to say I can't play that because I am fixed on only using the rant like the next game i'm going to play for attack the backlog because i want something mindless i was considering rage for a long time but i just want something i don't really have to think about so the next game i'm going to play after i finally finish the backlog spreadsheet is steam world dig i didn't 
land on that randomly. I just, when going through my backlog and putting together this list, I was like, I I want to go back to this because I enjoyed playing this, but I fell off it after about an hour because I did a a deep dig. <laughs> that's that's a horrible collection of three words. Did well, I mean, a is in there too, so four words. But does A really count? No, it doesn't. In titles, do we count A? No, we don't. So A is not a word. A is just a letter. But I uh, I did a deep dive digging, and I didn't take any ladders with me because I was like, why would I need ladders? I'll be able to jump and platform my way back to the top. I don't need to waste money on ladders. And of course, I was unable to do so, so... All the stuff I collected, all the loot I gained, I was like, well, this is garbage. Because I think there's a way you can just say, well, blow me up or something and return me to the top. But I, I lose everything I've collected. My inventory ends up being wiped. And I was like, well, I just wasted a bunch of time. So I think I'm done with the game for now. And I never got back to it. So that is the next game I'm planning to play. But I still have to finish my backlog uh, spreadsheet. And and what ended up becoming a crazy thing about it is that I decided, I don't know when, pretty early on, I think, that I was just going to throw in every single game in my backlog, which includes the handful of games I have for Nintendo 64, Sega Saturn, and my NES, Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis collections, etc., as well as my entire Steam library. And my Steam library is huge in large part because I used to buy every single Humble Bundle and all these other bundle sites that may or may not still exist. I probably bought a hundred plus bundles and my Steam library then, uh, as you would expect, is over a thousand games. So the first thing I did was try and find a way that I could just copy and paste that so that it, it wouldn't be a pain in the ass to have to just re-input them individually myself. And I was able to do that by going to like my purchase history on the web, copying it, uh, pasting it, and, and removing the formatting and stuff like that. And then I went through it and looked at my actual library and then just went back and forth to make sure that things were gelling with each other. And that was a little bit time consuming, but I got, I got through that and now I'm going through the uh, the point of, not the point of, but I'm going through the process, there's the word, the process of deleting any duplicates because I have the same game on multiple consoles, whether it's a, a Steam game that I got in a bundle and I own it for one of the other consoles or a game I have on Xbox One, but I also have it on PS4 because I got a code for one version or both versions, or I got it super cheap at Best Buy or whatever, because I have three copies of Shaq Fu, Legend Reborn, or whatever the hell the sequel is called, because Best Buy had them on sale for like, I don't know, five or three dollars, and I had Gamers Club Unlocked sale, so I got those all super cheap, and I was just like, why not? I have Shaq Fu for... Sega Genesis, complete in-box, and I missed my chance to get a, a cheap one for Super Nintendo, complete in-box, which I still regret to this day. Um, but yeah, 
there's something I find amusing about Shaq Fu, and I, I can't pass Shaq Fu for uh, a few bucks. But I'm going through that process now, and once that's done, I think the one thing I would like to do at some point but isn't necessary immediately is I do want to then add the games that I have finished and just change the background color for all of them. So I'm like, okay, these are these are games, you know, whether it's like, okay, it's a slightly grayed out or red or whatever color I decide to go with. These are games that have been completed, that have been officially or unofficially, you know, before the show even existed, attacked and destroyed. And yeah, I just want to make this huge document. And it's also good, you know, ignoring the random number generator side of it, uh, having a complete list of every game I own that I haven't finished in one way or another to reference if, if I want to pick a game personally without using a random number generator to just go through it myself and be like, okay, I can, you know, I can organize it by console so I can say, you know, I, I, I want to play a game on my Switch or I want to play a game for my Xbox 360. Let's look at all these games and be able to go through them very quickly, you know, well organized and all that. So I, I'm excited about that. I also include games that I have completed to some, not to some extent, but I've completed them in ways, but in ways that don't feel right, like I should count it. For instance, the original Contra for NES. I don't think I've ever beaten that game without using the Konami code. And even if I have, I don't think I've ever completed that game by myself. That was a game that me and my brother played a whole hell of a lot and, and beat it multiple times. It's it's a game that means a lot to me because of the time I had playing with my brother, even though my brother's no longer part of my life. And I, I think I mentioned like it, it's now kind of a bittersweet, sad memory. Um, but I still adore that game. It is one of my favorite NES games. But I would like to go through that game and actually complete it without using the code by myself. Also, Super Mario Brothers. Three and I think all of the Super Mario Brothers games, Sands two, I don't think I've completed any of them without using warp uh, pipes or anything like that. So I'd like to do that at some point. Um, even though <laughs> Super Mario World was just a nightmare for me, but yeah, there are games like that which I've completed. Technically, I've reached the end. And seen credits if credits existed. And yeah, they just weren't a satisfactory finish, a rewarding finish, a, a true finish, a true completion of a game. If I'm skipping a bunch of content, can you really say I completed those games? I would say no. But at the same time, there are people who would say in the situation like Symphony of the Night that has... This whole, what is it, the Upside Down Castle? I still haven't played that. I completed the game and got the bad ending, and I consider that a completion. To me, I don't care how much is or how much exists 
post credits or bad ends or whatever. If I get an ending and I see credits, I've completed the game. Even if it's some weird game where you can, like with Far Cry 4, I think it was, where you can just sit and wait for the guy to come back at the dining room or whatever. And I'm, I'm not sure if credits roll at that point. But if credits roll there, that that counts in my book. That you know, you're doing yourself a disservice in that sense that you're not really experiencing the game at all. But if you want to consider that a complete game, yes, you completed the game because you did one thing. You took the the character's direction. They asked you to just wait for them, and you waited, and then the game ended. And you're like, okay, you completed it. If credits roll, the game is finished. You can play it more, you can play it again. You can see, you know, do whatever, but I think it's fine saying you completed it. And, uh, and in terms of like difficulties and stuff like that, play it on whatever difficulty you want. I, I don't care about that either. I, I, I think difficulty shaming is one of the worst things that a gamer can do to other gamers. But yeah, the list, as you would guess, just based on the Steam library alone, is well over a thousand games and there's a lot of crap in there and the thing is that some of the games uh, maybe a good chunk of them are games that would fall under the attack the crap log uh, banner or short games that would end up being mini episodes and stuff like that so and things like racing games even if they're a bit meaty i feel like anything that doesn't have a strong narrative that they would probably fall under a mini episode, but I'm, I'm not sure how I'm going to tackle a racing game if I fall upon one. There are racing games that have more of a narrative, like the Need for Speed games, but then there are games like The Grid. Not The Grid. The Grid is an arcade game. I don't think there was a The Grid console game, but and I think it was The Grid and not just Grid, the arcade game, that shooter from Midway. I think I really liked it. There was a, I don't remember how many units it was, but they had a, a big cabinet at my local arcade over at the hip Harlem, Harlem Irving Plaza mall over in Norwich, Illinois. And I really liked that game, but yeah, games like grid or dirt. I, I don't know what I'm going to do if I, fall upon one of those games at a point if I don't choose to veto them of course but uh yeah it's been fun and exhausting putting it together I feel like I may have given myself uh arthritis <laughs> writing all these things because yeah I did a lot of inputting too because I, I had to go through like my switch and go through my digital library and input those uh, one by one and yeah it's a it's a crazy little thing and of course some games i just can't play like the, the nintendo 64 games i only have four of them i have chef's love shack i think that's what it's called not golden i have tomorrow never dies and then i have super mario 64 and ocarina of time i still don't know how i got those games but i have them i do have an, uh, an n64 but i don't have the means to play it um, I could get that, of course, but I'm in no rush to do that. And then handheld games, I have no way to capture them. When the analog pocket comes out, I'm well, I'm gonna get that. 
hopefully day one if the dock is available right away too. I hope that the long time it's taking for the pocket to come out for pre-orders that it'll be uh, available at the same time. But I will have the ability to play my Game Boy games and GBA games and capture those. But for 3DS and 2DS games, there are emulators, but I don't I don't really want to deal with that, even for games I own. So that's still a tricky situation that I've thought about and considered maybe having those be special audio-only episodes. And then I was thinking, you know what? I don't do exclusive conference content for Patreon, but maybe I could do audio-only handout things. But I'm like, no, I don't like that. That's icky. It's just, it's weird to me because I don't know how to handle those episodes and that I don't want to have something that's only available in audio form, but for the video, I don't, it would just be a blank video or using repeated footage from trailers or stuff like that. And I don't really want to do that. So handheld games are still an iffy subject in, in terms of the backlog, but, uh, yeah, I think that's enough talking about a friggin' spreadsheet. No one needs to hear about it. Nobody cares about it. If you're still listening, God bless you. So what I've been playing, Aviary Attorney is basically a Phoenix Wright game, an ace attorney game, except you're playing a bird in a world full of animals instead of people. And the thing that stands out right away, if you check out the game, if you've seen it, before is of course the art it is a beautiful beautiful game one of the most beautiful games i've seen in the last five plus years because it is all hand drawn and it looks absolutely it's it's stunning gorgeous line work like a a sepia tone color scheme if you want to call it that um and it's just an absolute joy to watch and then the actual game itself is very much so a Phoenix Wright game where you are going to different locations, collecting evidence, hearing witnesses, victims give you their uh, recollection of the events and then being able to use that when you get to the actual trial to... um, (laughs) I'm forgetting the the term. I, I just want to say objection, objection, but when you want to cross-examine the witness and you know look at their their statement and and pull something out and and say that you know this is not right oh the writing is solid and the the gameplay is is pretty good i i went through the first case and i won it's funny too because you can go off of you can go on tangents just by going on uh, and following paths where you don't really have any evidence and then the characters will just start talking about some random stuff for a long time and the judge seems to still be the one who decides whether the person you're defending is guilty or not but there is a jury which I don't remember being in any of the Phoenix Wright games and every now and again it'll cut to the jury and if you do something smart or you do something dumb they'll be like Oh, what a buffoon! This guy's this guy's an idiot. Or they'll be like, "Oh, maybe maybe they're innocent." Oh, I, that that's some compelling evidence. But uh, yeah, 
the first case involved a frog getting murdered and there was a cat who was um, taken in uh, and, and being uh, accused of committing the crime. And one of the, for example, pieces of evidence was that her hands were bloodied at the scene of the crime. It's like, well, clearly she's got blood on her hands. She has to be the killer. But when I was doing my investigating, I learned that she ate a meal with the other people at this little house party they had. And the food they ate included, one, a red herring, ha, 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 and a bloody steak. And you might think to yourself, well, whatever, they're using utensils, but somebody stole the silverware. So everyone had to eat with their hands, thus the bloody hands. And that, that just put a, a, a dent in the prosecution's attack. <laughs> I, I don't know attorney terms. The prosecution is the other people, right? I hope I'm saying that right. But uh, yeah, Aviary Attorney came out on PC, I think, a while back, but it, it recently came out on Switch, which is where I've been playing it. You know, runs well, looks fantastic, uh, and is uh, a decent amount of fun to play. If you are a fan of those types of um, attorney games, is that like a, an actual genre? I don't, I, don't, I don't know what to call it. An adventure game? Where you play as an attorney, all I can think of are the the Phoenix Wright games. But this is more of a Phoenix Wright game than the Phoenix Phoenix Wright games because you're playing a bird in this, like a phoenix. You're not a phoenix though. You're just a chubby little bird. You got a like sparrow sidekick. Um, it, it's very very pretty. And then Earth Knight is also very pretty, much more colorful, and it's an endless runner that. I played on PS4. It's also on Apple Arcade. It may have debuted on Apple Arcade and then made its way quickly to PS4, but I played on PS4, and it's very pretty with nice painterly, colorful visuals, and it's an endless runner where you are running across the backs of these dragons in the sky, and you're running to get to their heads so that you can destroy them. You, like, just beat the shit out of their face when you get to them until like their eye pops out or something. It's weird, but the problem with it is that it can get really busy on screen. And that does two things. One, it makes it hard to really appreciate the art because it is an endless runner. You're always moving. You can't just stop and look at things. And when it gets so busy, it just is like, what what is even going on anymore? Because what you're doing is you're playing as one of two characters, um, I believe. I've, I've only played as the the young girl. And you can jump, and you can double jump. You can dash, and I think you can do one other thing. You can also fall quickly onto an enemy. If you hit an enemy, it'll propel you back into the air and give you... It'll reset your action, because you, you can do one of those things after your initial jump. You can do the double jump, or a dash, you can't do a double jump and then a dash until you hit the the ground again and reset that. And it just it, it it gets very busy and you're collecting some treasure and food and stuff on the ground. You're avoiding enemies, hitting some enemies, trying to build the chain, progressively getting higher in the air maybe to collect some goods and stuff like that. And it just wasn't clicking with me. It looks nice, but again, it's hard to appreciate 
the care and craft that went into the visuals because you're moving all the time and because there's so much on screen at times that it just becomes more of a mess than you know a nice piece of art which is a a bit disappointing Uh, i'm not sure how much it costs but it, it could be worth checking out for the art alone but of the two new games i played uh, I, I definitely prefer Aviary Attorney, but they're they're very different games. And I guess if you have an Apple Plus subscription, is it Apple Plus or is it? I don't know what it is. Apple Plus is the TV thing. Apple Games, <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, but if you have the Apple thing, Apple, Apple something, Apple cider. Fun fact. I think I've said this once before on the show. I once drank apple juice at a McDonald's and then I crapped my pants. And my dad was not happy. This was when I was like, I don't know, five years old or something. I didn't do it recently. But I haven't really had apple juice since then because I'm too scared that it's going to make me crap my pants. Oh, But yeah, Apex Legends. So I've been playing some Apex Legends a little bit because they have a new event going on. Deja Vu or something along those lines in the world's edge at world's edge whatever the the second map is and i'm not even sure what the whole shtick of it is maybe it's just that uh, and, and these aren't in the regular mode maybe but there are new sets of armor that give you only one not 25 armor initially but you will gain more armor as you do damage which is interesting and that is the only thing that I really noticed now. They've also adjusted things like how many bullets are in a stack in your inventory for every weapon. So now it's 60 instead of 80. You can hold four syringes or shield cells per inventory slot as opposed to six, which has been the standard since the game launched, uh, and two med kits or shield batteries. So they made it harder to just really hoard uh, a bunch of heals and stuff like that. Um, but it, it still feels good. Um, uh, I'm not loving it still like I, I used to, but I, I want to play more just because I want to get the event prizes, rewards, whatever. But uh, yeah, I haven't won a match so far this season, but I also haven't played that much this season. Um, but I've come close a few times. I still am not running into the best randoms. A lot of people just like to go off on their own, and it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, playing a bit more of that. And then I am at the point in Farm Together where I could and probably should just delete it and be done with it because I have placed something. Well, I still have a few paths to place on Barren Ground, but I've pretty much filled the entirety of the full map and I no longer have any need for the ribbons, which you use to purchase uh, higher quality, not higher quality, but rarer items and plants and stuff like that. So doing the objectives, the the quests are, are meaningless to me now. I have... A nice setup where I earn a lot of currency, both money and uh, the jewels, the diamonds 
that are used to, to purchase certain things as well uh, with my setup and my farm hands. So I, I've really min-maxed the, the game and I'm at the point where it's just like, well, why do I keep playing? Is it for the events or is it just because it's a relaxing thing at times? I don't know. Uh, I am going back and forth on whether I should just delete it and remove that temptation to just play that instead of something that I've never played. Because, you know, I, I have my games that I, I go back to, but, like, should I play Farm Together when I could be playing Apex Legends? Should I play Farm Together when I should be playing something from a backlog? All these questions. But if I just want to play Farm Together, maybe I should just play it, right? It's not hurting anyone. So, uh, yeah. Farm Together is great, but I also think it's burnt me out on that kind of monotony that is similar but not exactly the same as that in Animal Crossing. And compounding that with my lack of excitement for the new Animal Crossing game, I imagine that I won't be playing Animal Crossing at launch or anytime soon. But yeah, that is uh, pretty much it in terms of what I've been playing. So Dr. Sleep, I don't want to talk too much about it because I don't want to spoil it, but it is the sequel to The Shining. And if you don't know what The Shining is, one, it's a book by Stephen King, but also they put a, they did a movie adaptation. I think they did two. I think there was a TV one with the one guy from Wings, the TV show, uh, the the one with like dirty blonde hair. <laughs> But uh, the movie was, of course, with Jack Nicholson. And, you know, here's Johnny, all that jazz. And then Dr. Sleep is the sequel that is also based off the book. I I, I don't know how much it's based off the book because I haven't read it. But it is following the son from the, the first, from The Shining, as an adult along with other characters. And what I didn't realize when I started watching it is that it is not a horror movie. It is not a scary movie. It's not really even suspenseful or or much of a thriller. It is a supernatural movie. There's a lot of interesting things going on and it, it kept my attention the whole time. And I was very um, eager to see how things were going to play out. I had a lot of fun with it too. But it it is not scary. There's some horrific things that happen in the movie that happen to certain characters, and you're like, oh, this is a, this is a horrible thing that's happening. But at no point is it, oh my god, this is this is scary. I'm scared to see what happens next. It's just like I am very curious to see what happens next and see how things play out because there is this group of like I don't even like it's weird like a a, a supernatural troop of carnies without the carnival they they come across like carnies you have the one woman who's the leader of them who wears this hat and she can like suck out the power of people who have the shine in them whether they're utilizing it or not that this you know dormant power and then they feed off that and they can live for long periods of time and yeah, I, I just I really enjoyed it. Whether or not, well, one I'll just say, you don't need to read the book to enjoy it, and you don't need to see The Shining to uh, 
understand what's going on. It stands on its own two feet because I haven't seen The Shining in a long long time, but I still really enjoyed it. And I look forward to watching it again sometime soonish because I was only able to watch the theatrical cut, but the director's cut, which adds, I think, like 30 minutes is supposed to be much better. But the theatrical cut is very good in its own right. So, yeah, Dr. Sleep is a, a good movie that surprised me because I was expecting it to be one thing and it ended up being something completely different. So, yeah, that will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Kersnes. You all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast and Attack the Backlog, which are both available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Pandora. If you'd like to check out the video version of Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage and watch it there, along with other videos like reviews and what have you. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com if you see something you like. Click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week and bye.